Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to Emmaus Way. So glad to see you all um, this evening. In light of two mass shootings in less than 24 hours, um, hear now our call together. Blessing in a Time of Violence by Jan Richardson. Which is to say this blessing is always. Which is to say there is no place this blessing does not long to cry out and lament, to weep its words in sorrow, to scream its lines in sacred rage. Which is to say there is no day this blessing ceases to whisper into the ear of the dying, the despairing, the terrified which is to say there is no moment this blessing refuses to sing itself into the heart of the hated and the hateful, the victim and the victimizer, with every last ounce of hope it has, which is to say there is none that can stop it, none that can halt its course, none that will still its cadence, none that will delay its rising, none that can keep it from springing forth from the mouths of us who hope from the hands of us who act, from the heart of us who love, from the feet of us who will not cease our stubborn, aching, marching, marching, until this blessing has spoken its final word, until this blessing has breathed its benediction in every place, in every tongue. Peace, peace, peace. Welcome to Emmaus Way. I'm Molly, I'm the pastor of Emmaus Way here, and I'm so glad to see you if you are new to us. Um, we are a community captivated by the gospel and trying to live into that captivation together in Durham. And so glad you are here. Um, we do have a few announcements. One, if you um, are wanting to gather, tonight there is a vigil that March for Our Lives is hosting at 7 p.m at CCB Plaza, the Bull, where the Bull is downtown, um, to hold vigil for the two um, shootings that occurred yesterday and early this morning. Um, also, if you're new to us and would like to know more about us, we have yellow cards in the back that you can fill out. We would love to grab coffee with you, or you can just get on our weekly listserv to find out what we're up to. Um, I think that those are the two that I have. Are there any others from the community? Any announcements about something going on this week that you'd like folks to know about? Okay. Well, this summer we have been praying in different ways that our kids have prayed um, and are praying upstairs. And tonight we are going to pray um, the Lord's Prayer out of the New Zealand prayer book that Rhody will lead us in. Would y'all join me um, in reading uh, the Lord's Prayer? Eternal Spirit, Earthmaker, Pain Bearer, Life Giver, Source of all that is and that shall be, Father and Mother of all, Loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the earth. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope 
and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurt we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For your reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. All right, kids, we're going to head upstairs now, okay? And I think the kids are continuing their God is like series. What are you all talking? God is like a teacher. So that'll be great. Um, We are, it's hard to believe that we are in August. (laughs) I don't, um, but here we are, August 4th. And so we have three more Sundays in our summer series of how we are Emmaus Way. And last week, um, we transitioned to how we are Emmaus Way as a community of practice, not right belief, yet still a community of belief. Um, And that was some really good conversation, and so we're going to continue that tonight, and Adam will be leading us in Songs of Prep to get us started. Hello, all. There are a list of artists that I have that I persistently try to convince Ben to let me sing here at Emmaus Way, and Bonnie Prince Billy or Will Oldham has been one, and I finally shooed Horde one of his songs in, and it was probably the worst one to try. <laughs> um, if I had like a nice chamber orchestra with me, it would, it would, it would be lovely. Um, or some, at least some friends here today. Uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna try it. I will wake up tomorrow I have tended to God's small song And to love small song And close my eyes to sleep so long And tonight I'll go Into all of the places that you That is my place here To happen in those And I will wake up tomorrow And I have a mending of the things that some actions bring and close the head to be with you 
And in each eye there is an apple Buried there before the eye And out of sockets come the branches And from the branches tangle I We're doing it in E, in case you're curious. Well, I've come to know the wish list of my father. I've come to know the shipwrecks where he wished. Oh, I've come to wish aloud. Amongst the overdressed crowd Come to witness now The sinking of the ship Throwing pennies from the sea top Next to it And I've come to roam the forest Past the village With a dozen lazy horses in my car Oh, I've come here to get high To do more than just get by I've come to test the timber of my heart Oh, I've come to test the timber of my heart And I've come To be untroubled in my seeking And I've come To see that nothing is for naught Oh, I've come to reach out blind, to reach forward and behind. For the more I seek, the more I'm sought. Oh, the more I seek, the more I'm sought. I've come to meet the sheriff and his posse, to offer him the broadside of my jaw. Oh, I've come here to get broke. And maybe bum a smoke We'll go drinking two towns over after all Oh, we'll go drinking two towns over after all And I've come to meet the legendary takers And I've only come to ask them for a lot Oh, they say I come with less then I should rightfully possess I say the more I buy The more I'm bought And the more I'm bought The less that I cost And I've come To take their servants And their surplus And I've come Take their raincoats and their speed Oh, I've come to give my fill To ransack and spill I've come to trade the harvest for the seed Oh, I've come to trade the harvest for the seed And I've come to know the manger that you sleep in I've come to be the stranger that you keep 
Oh, and I've come from down the road, but my footsteps never slowed. Before we met, I knew we'd meet. Oh, before we met, I knew we'd meet. And I've come here to ignore your cries and heartaches. I've come to closely listen to you sing. Oh, I've come here to insist that I leave here with a kiss. I've come to say exactly what I mean. And I mean so many things. And you've come to know me stubborn as a butcher. And you've come to know me thankless as a guest. But will you recognize my face when God's awful grace strips me of my jacket and my vest and reveals all the treasure in my chest? I should know the name of this prayer that this song is based off of. Do you know it? It says some saint wrote this prayer. Is it St. Francis? Of course it is. He wrote like every prayer, apparently. (laughs) Christ be with me, Christ be for me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ below me, Christ above me, Christ be with me. At my right hand, at my left hand, as I lie down, as I rise up, as I stumble. As I fall down, Christ, as I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me, amen, amen. Adam um, for those songs of prep Um, and I am really looking forward to tonight's dialogue and community conversation Um, but before we get there um, I just wanted to make everyone aware in case you have not read the weekly or the eway social if you are a part of our community or if you're new um, so you can find this out Rhodey um, resigned from Emmaus Way on Thursday morning on Thursday, she received a full-time pastorate, associate pastor position in Dallas, Texas. Rhody has been a remarkable pastor to our kids and families. 
um, but she there will be the pastor of children and the arts um, and will also help run their LGBTQ teen shelter. And we are very sad that she is leaving us, um, but we are really ecstatic for her and this opportunity for her. Um, and the reason why we are telling you all now, in case you hadn't seen it, um, is Rhody wanted to be able to talk to the kids herself upstairs. So that's why we didn't do it earlier. But I would encourage you tonight um, to give Rhody your love and your deep appreciation and thanks for how she has really expanded how we think about children's ministry at Emmaus Way and what that looks like now and what it can be. Um, she will be around until September 22nd, so there is still time. Um, but she does her MFA program that she's in, her long-distance MFA program, was already scheduled for her to be out for the next two weeks. Um, so that's where she will be starting Tuesday evening. Um, so if you don't see her until the end of August, that's why. But she'll be down here tonight, so feel free to talk to her and ask her about her new thing. Um, it's really, really exciting for her. But wanted you all to be aware of that. Um, and be on the lookout for emails and conversations coming from staff and lead team about, yeah, what we'll be doing and what we'll be up to. I'm sure we will be looking for y'all's feedback. Um, but now we're going to pass the piece. If you're new to Mayus Way, uh, passing of the piece is perhaps a bit rowdier than some churches you've been a part of. Um, get up and greet someone that you maybe haven't met before. Pass the piece of Christ to them. Grab some snacks and food um, and some water. And if you would like, you can also fill out a yellow card or talk to people about what's been going on in their lives. But we'll take a few moments to pass the peace, and then we'll get going on our dialogue. The peace of Christ be with you. All right. Um, if everyone would, come on back to the circle, and we'll get started. You can bring your snacks and drinks with you. Um, so tonight's um, Sunday conversation is titled Belief and Practice in Belief. And I can't take credit for that title. It's all Ben. He's much better at titles of things than I am. Um, but hopefully you like it. That's what he just said. But... Um, belief does shape practice, and practice does, in fact, then shape belief, right? Belief in practice and belief, both positively and quite horrendously, too. As we've seen yet again in the past 24 hours, continued historical belief in white supremacy and white nationalism shapes an evil and a too easily accessible deathly practice in this country, and yet as people captivated by the gospel, we are invited into, compelled even, into a different way of belief and practice and belief. Not right belief, but belief and practice and belief in the very face of some horrendous belief that is around us. And tonight, we'll spend the bulk of the dialogue discussing a text this community chose from the very beginning to shape us the Road to Emmaus text, one that I'm sure is quite familiar to many of you. And we'll dialogue on what it has to offer us as a text of belief in practice and belief. 
recognizing tonight, it's more than okay for people to see belief and practice and belief differently. I think that's one thing that makes Emmaus Way Emmaus Way. As we communally name and share how faith, in fact, is not settled belief, but is a living process, is a living practice. And through practice, our beliefs are ever transformed. So tonight, it really is going to be reading this text and me offering up some questions for you all to dialogue about. Because I think it's really, really important for us to think about not only how we are shaped by practice, but how practice does in fact shape our beliefs and how our beliefs that we have even coming to the practices of this community are perhaps strengthened or maybe even transformed. So we're gonna talk about our founding text, belief and practice and belief. And I invite all of you, if you are a first time visitor to Emmaus Way, or if this is your 500th Emmaus Way dialogue and gathering to jump in, would someone read the text for us first? Luke 24, 13 through 35. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death to crucify him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. <coughs> Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So we went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. <coughs> they said to each other, 
Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened us to the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. So, where do you find practice throughout this text? Practices of daily living throughout this text. Just call them out. The breaking of the bread. Breaking of the bread, yeah. Practice of hospitality. Practice of hospitality. Practice of conversation. The conversation. There's a storytelling practice. A storytelling practice. Practice of journeying together. Practice of journeying together. Yeah. Practice of studying scripture and history. Practice of studying scripture and history. Practice of mourning together. Practice of mourning together in grief. something had happened and maybe just maybe that something was the risen Christ others where do you find belief in this text there's I mean they say that they believed that Jesus was going to be the one to redeem or liberate Israel now they, they don't which is Slightly people. ironic. <laughs> right, but, uh, but they did believe that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Clinton. They believed that uh, 
Moses and the prophets and the scriptures are valuable in some way. Yeah. And trustworthy. Yeah, that's their, that's their, their text. I see Jesus believing, right, in these guys on the road walking to Emmaus. That there were, like, for Jesus to come near and believe, right, that this interaction matters, these humans matter, like belief in just who they are. This story ends in, a be- in belief in a certain way that I hadn't noticed before. Like the last thing we're narrated here is they show up, they find the disciples, and there's information shared with them, like more to believe in another appearance, and then they're sharing about their... So, like, it ends in this mutuality of belief around things that they've seen. Yeah. And enough belief, right, that they, like, left to go back and tell, right? Like, they're willing to put a stake down and say, oh, gosh. Any other belief that you find in this text? They believe that they could change his mind. Hmm. Because he <laughs> yeah, it's true. On. And they said, no, stay with us. Stay with us. We believe that you need to stay with us. Mm, That is true. Thanks. So in all these practices that we've named and the beliefs that are found, as you're reading and thinking about this text, do you see sort of the practices and the beliefs as separate entities? Or do you think that they're interwoven and playing off of one another throughout the text? Just a few initial thoughts and then I have a follow-up to that but do you think that practice and belief are separate here or do you see them as interwoven and it's a-okay for you to see it as either or both it seems interwoven and the place where I see it the most I think is when they ask him to stay for dinner mm-hmm. right like the practice of welcoming the stranger and hospitality was a big part of their belief but it was also a practice of they did, so that's the ball, right? It seems to be really coming together. Yeah, thanks for that. So part of their practice is welcoming the stranger, but also comes out of their belief. Others, do you see it as interwoven, kind of separate? I guess I don't really read this as hospitality so much. Like, they have to convince them to stay. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I need to go. I have a scheduled key. reminded of the Jesse Vineyard and the, the prologue, the story. Yeah. Uh, what is the line about the water? Don't waste time on water that is not water, thirst that is not thirst. Yeah, so uh, it, there, there's just a parallel to me there. They are, they are being greedy with this man mm-hmm. and his time. Uh, they're not willing to let go of a good thing. Um, and I, I like that. Yeah. Because I wonder too, right, if maybe maybe they were just being greedy, but even Jesus agreeing to stay is this notion of, right, like this wouldn't be a waste of time or a waste of water that is not water, thirst that is not thirst. There's something deeper there. Thanks for that, Russell. How, in reading, right, this is a pretty long, not terribly long, but significant narrative passage. 
And so as we're going along, as we're reading it, and as you heard it again, how do you see that the practices these guys are on, right, the practice of welcoming the stranger, walking and journeying together, inviting him in for a meal, having conversation about text and scripture, the breaking of bread. How do you think practice shapes and expands um, the belief that is ultimately named in this text? Or does it? I see them as sort of separate in that they were kind of going along their routine. I don't know why they were going to Emmaus. They probably had some business they were going to do there. Maybe they're visiting family. I don't know. But I don't think they got it done. Whatever it was, they went. Yeah. Because they were so consumed in conversation with this man. And then as soon as he revealed himself to them as Jesus, they got up that hour and went back to Jerusalem, yeah. which I think means they were walking in the middle of the night. Because mm. it was right after dinner, right? Yeah. So, um, so I don't think they did whatever they went to do. So I think their practice was heading them in one direction, but then this revelation and belief in that revelation just completely changed yeah. Or maybe, right, sort of their practice of their daily working life was headed in one direction, but their practices of faith, right, of journeying and conversation and questioning so shaped them they were like whoa we got to walk back in the middle of the night and forget our business and be be about this good news yeah I think I see it whenever Jesus right says oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets knew right so like they're on the road and Jesus is like y'all are really dumb you know (laughs) right like come on hello you already have some belief and yet you you still aren't fully like believing and then it is through journeying together welcoming the stranger the breaking of bread the pouring of wine around table that they come to see and know oh my gosh this this really is good news Christ in fact is risen and has come to us not in a cloud but has drawn near yet again we have to go and tell And I also love and see how practice and how the story is told that the narrator gives space for the practices of faith to do their work. Um, That, sure. Do I wish that more men would have believed the women when they proclaimed that the tomb was empty? Yes, because women are often right. But... um, but also, right, how human we all are, that it takes time and practice to shape and form and create space to be changed and transformed. I really love um, what Jan Richardson says of the road to Emmaus. She notes, it's important to Jesus that his followers engage the mystery that happens in the practice of a meal that they know the table as a place where we recognize that we cannot rely solely on ourselves to summon the sustenance that we need. A shared table is a sacred space where we acknowledge in the presence of others 
that we are hungry, not only for the feeding of our bodies, but also for our souls. The table at Emmaus reminds us that there is a profound connection between eating and practicing and believing. This kind of believing and knowing calls us to move beyond relying solely on our intellect and to open our eyes and our entire being to the ways in which Christ reveals himself and shapes us. And we, as an Emmaus Way community, have not only at the heart of who we are, had this text of belief and practice and belief at the center of who we are, but we have the space and the practice of a table, of a meal, of coming around and eating together shape us. So given all of that and these realities of practice and belief, Let's also caveat too that like as a community, often we are, some of us, sometimes I am in this grouping as well, more comfortable to talk about how our practices shape us without also naming how the practice then opens up space for us to believe or believe differently. But why is it significant for you that this text, a text of journeying together, reading texts and scriptures, welcoming the stranger, being a people of hospitality, testifying to hope in the darkness, breaking of bread, pouring of wine, having the space to question and not know it all or be expected to know it all, while also having a text that people do ultimately through the practice believe something, not the right belief necessarily, but something, right? To go and tell it. Why is it significant to you? Personally, your experience at Emmaus Way, that this text, this narrative, this way of being, not only in practice, but also in the space of belief that this text is our community's namesake, Emmaus Way. Or do you see it as important? Um, You could also just think Emmaus Way is a really great name. Um, That's cool too. But what do you think is significant about this text and this interweaving of belief and practice and belief? that it's this text those gathered 15 years ago chose. I thought it was a super bad idea. You did. I was here when we chose it, yeah. Because (laughs) they get it wrong. We're not going to get it wrong. Because the whole time they're walking, they're just like... But then they get it, though, right? Right. And I think, I mean, that's... (coughs) We talked about the other week, right? That there's, like, maybe this, there needs to be this freedom to get it wrong. And there needs to be this mission of, like, this is what I believe, but it might be wrong. interface with people that believe differently than me and to mm-hmm. give that that opportunity and to break bread with those people and maybe mm-hmm. I will be changed and transformed and, um, yeah. and then to act in a way 
hour, like Gail said, they were walking in the middle of the night. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, within the hour, they were acting on that sort of renewed understanding and like change in their belief. Thanks, Sarah. Others? I always like the name because it references a journey, and I feel like we're on a journey together, like these guys were on a journey together, and Jesus is there with us, even if we don't always recognize him. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that journey. different things about the text. Um, Frederick Buechner, like y'all, my dad was reading Frederick Buechner to me as like bedtime stories, so it goes back a long ways. But um, Frederick Buechner of the text, who's a theologian and writer and has written a lot, says that Jesus is apt to come into the very midst of life at its most real and inescapable, inescapable and to the people that aren't like necessarily expected and that Jesus comes not in an unearthly light and not in the midst, as Buechner says, in a sermon, not in the throes of some kind of religious daydream, but at supper time or coming alongside walking on a road. The, the surprising thing of Christ is how Christ continually comes in the midst of, in the midst of people, in the midst of imperfection in the midst of the ordinary, saying, come practice, come with me, come walk, come journey, come question. And somehow through that, even the most unlikely are transformed. It's a butchering of his paraphrase, but I really like that. It makes me think of what you were saying, Joy. Others, why is it significant to you, or is it, that our very name, this text, one of both practice and belief, even if perhaps you might be more comfortable with one or the other, that this is our name. This text, this journey, is who we as a community put a stake down and said, this is us. I still feel new to the community, but I completely relate with one of these two um, just feeling like they are living in their last 24 hours of a certain reality and tragedy and, uh, and you know, trying to grapple with that. And then uh, along this journey, they are you know, almost interrupted with a different perspective that offers some sort of like alternate reality that also kind of brings hope in. It kind of helps break up that, you know, the stuff that. Yes, the last 24 hours, I've never been whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, let's gather around these practices and find our 
reminded, even when we ourselves maybe can't believe, but be reminded by someone in the community believing for us or reminding us saying, and Christ is risen, right? There's hope in the darkness, even when we can't (coughs) see it or comprehend. Thanks for that, Aaron. So I really, really love this text and that it's Emmaus Way's namesake, even though whenever people ask where I work, nobody can say, they're like, Amos, Amos, you know, right? They're like, where, where do you work? What church? Um, and I think initially, whenever I came four years ago, I loved how the practice, right? It was in the breaking of bread when these guys' eyes were opened, right? It was through the practice of bread and welcoming the stranger. And I was just really rooted in the practices themselves. And I love that. And I love that we come around an open table week after week and how practices so shape us. But I think what I've come to more deeply appreciate about this text, which I didn't get initially at first, I like Ben kind of glossed over the very end, but that practice and a journey for these gentlemen opened up the space for these guys to believe and to see something that they weren't able to before. And I think that that is what I have come to see and know about this community, is how practice and our practices of the open table where all are welcomed and where we serve one another, we break bread and pour wine and remind one another that God loves us and we are enough and we are beloved and there is abundance even when the world tells us that there is scarcity that that practice transforms us. And I love that we have a practice of dialogue, right? Where we're talking together because we all might be slightly right or we all might be slightly wrong or some combination thereof, but it's through the practice together that we are transformed. And I love our practice of partnering with missional partnerships, right? Of coming alongside because I don't know how you can come alongside a family that has lost a loved one to gun violence in Durham and not somehow be changed or have your belief slightly expanded. Or how when you come to a Durham can action, fighting, right, for this progressive city of Durham to actually be a progressive, equitable city to not have some of your beliefs in how you yourself are choosing to live in this city be transformed. I love the practices of this community. But this week, what I was just reminded of is how practice, really ultimately like practice, it is the practice that matters, but it's the space that the practices opened up. It's the practice in the midst of belief, right? They believed, right, that there was going to be a Messiah and maybe hopefully that was Jesus and Jesus died, right? Like they believed that. And then through these practices, 
there was an opening for expanded belief and possibility. So much so that they ran back to tell people in the middle of the night. And so I'm curious, in your life at Emmaus Way, how have the practices of this community opened you, created space for, shaped, transformed, whatever verb you want to use there? How have the practices here taken your belief, belief and practice and belief, and created the space for a different way of believing? Or knowing? Recognizing this is not right belief, right? We still might all be wrong or not have it all together. But how have the beliefs you walked into this place been expanded, shaped, transformed through the practices? What belief or where are you on that other side? practice of just coming and participating in this each week. Like, there's the phrase that people use all the time, like, fake it until you make it. And they're mm-hmm. telling people to, like, how to get something or do something or whatever. Um, and when I first came to Emmaus Way, I did not have a belief. Mm-hmm. It didn't, I knew I wanted to be here, but I did not have any belief at all. In that changed really even in the last six months as much as anything else but it's through the practice of coming being here breaking bread that each week without me even noticing it like it's changed and i i was like yeah i can buy that one yep okay that that too and then all of a sudden i was like wait okay i, I, I think i have i think i have a full set of beliefs now what, what happened <laughs> yeah. but it, it's it's literally just coming and being in here that that, that spoke to me. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that these guys go back because it feels like the whole deconstruction, reconstruction process. They like they're going somewhere. They're like, I'm not certain. I don't believe any of this. They get there like, oh, there's something valuable back there. Let me go back to it because uh, that, that's a that's the place where where all this came from. And I feel like that happened through just coming here each week, and sort of having that moment of like, wait, there's something valuable in what I left, and I'm glad. Thanks for that, Clifton. Others? We recently took the kids to um, one of the vigils for the coalition to know about Durham, and it was really um, a powerful experience for, I think, our whole family. Um, and I really appreciated Ben for you know, his work there and you know, the church's involvement in it, too. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a real practice, right, of, of coming alongside those who are mourning and recognizing the value of the life that was lost and saying that we care, that God cares and we care. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate that. It's made a big impact on our family. Thanks, Steve. Any others? How have practices in this community shaped, expanded, created space for you to believe in ways you didn't maybe think possible? 
Professor at Wake Div always said that the practices of the faith, that it's in the practices of the faith where we most intimately come to know God because we see God in one another and we see God in the other. 
And um, I was like, oh, that's a nice turn of phrase when I was a student, right? And had moments where I could mark that. Um, but I do believe the intentionality, not only that we practice together, but that it is in the practicing we are creating space to believe and love and see God in one another and in this world, not claiming we have the right belief, but claiming that something's happening in the breaking of bread and in the pouring of wine week after week and in the coming alongside on faith teams and in the journeying together, that somehow God is in that being revealed. Um, I now can go back to my professor and say, yeah, actually you were right. But the key is, I think, what she was trying to make the point of is don't practice thinking that you aren't going to be changed because it's the practice creating the space for what is and what may be of a very good, very loving God. That's why I'm really glad this is our text and I'm excited to continue to talk about the complex complexity and joy and hardship and question and we might be wrong, we might be partially right of belief and practice and belief over these last few weeks of our summer series. But now, Adam will lead us in our confession. And a lily 
on your breast and a longing in your heart will you be God of 
into that founding text in such a thoughtful way. Um, I just want to briefly point us as we head towards the table to this confession song tonight, which is one that I really liked in that spot because I think it asks some questions that are good to hold as we are thinking about belief and practice and who this community will be. The I in the song, when I light your darkened door, will you curse the day? Just open yourself briefly to who that I might be. Is it God? Is it Jesus? Is it neighbor? Is it other? Is it doubter, believer? Who would be bad news if they showed up in the door? I think it's a good question to ask because it asks, who gets to be good news for us and to us? How big can that lens be? If my name breaks on your lips, will you know the sound? Are we even trustworthy? Am I even trustworthy to speak a name in a way that affirms and welcomes? And does it make it sound foreign or smaller? There's roses, there's a lily, there is beauty in you, and there is longing in you. And are those things to be ashamed of? These are things to hold, I think, as we think about doubt and belief and a practice that holds us in that and the community we might like to be in the year ahead. I think that we've been nervous about belief and I think we've had good reasons to be nervous about belief, many of us. I have seen it made and tailor-made to exclude and close down and to ask the question, who does belief close me to? And I want to say, that's a problem that Emmaus Way was tailor-made to address and we have done it well. And I want to open us to another question, which is who would, who does belief open us to? Who is it opening us to? What hidden beauty, what longing could we affirm? What could be good news to us in a new day, in a new way, if we would open ourselves to belief in a different way? If we were willing to believe who might we become more trustworthy to? I think this table is asking us those questions. It's asking us those sort of questions every week. In a rigorous practice, it is saying, who is worth belief? What is worth belief? What is worth this week, any week, reorganizing your life around? And what I want to propose, like those folks on the Emmaus Road, is that the practice of eating together at an open table, 
after an open conversation, opening more conversation with each other is a practice that opens a life-altering belief otherwise, that sets up a possibility that is thoroughly alternative to the one we're going to walk out into in the world we came in with and that we're used to. I think it's a table that says, all you little tenders of some small song of God. Some lovely, small song. I am going to be willing to go tonight with you into the places that you love, that make up you, and believe in those. I'm going to just for a second close my head off and believe in what you might hold of God for me. I'm going to expect that if I open myself to a good news I didn't expect and people I might not have expected, that it's going to allow me and us to speak each other's name with a belief that affirms and heals and opens. That a God of dead and rising again might be opening us in this very space to a belief and a beauty and a satisfied longing of which we need not be ashamed. And that's the practice that we're engaged in every week. And I think it's inviting us in the way that it does every week. And some of you are newer, newer to us tonight, I gather, and so we've always had the practice of making this a rowdy table. It's not a solemn occasion. There's bread that we break and give to each other, saying the body of Christ broken for you, the light of Christ for you. There's wine in the not green pitchers and juice in the greener pitchers that we pour for each other, saying the blood of Christ shed for you, the love of God for you. And we do this in recognition that this table is, open, is a practice that's opening us up to a very different way of believing in each other and believing in the God that shows up in our midst. Welcome to this table.